0: Is a good thing I don't do that. All right, well, it's that time again and uh, we're glad you're, uh, you're here. We're uh, looking at Philippians chapter four. and uh, we started uh, last week looking at it. We'll finish up at least the first section uh, this week and hopefully get into this, the last section. Um, we're prepared. If we get there, that'd be awesome. If we don't, well, we'll we'll just save it for the following week. We do have some application portion of this that is going to, uh, I think, cause us some discussion as we get into it. But I wanted to, uh, I I wanna get through this and uh, get going. There are a couple of things I wanted to to bring to your attention. Uh, First of all, uh, the Bibles, the first 2,000 Bibles have been delivered uh, and are in the hands of the Christians in Cuba. So we're excited about that. We're hoping to get pictures soon about that. They've been, uh, they were released. And uh, so we've gone ahead and authorized the the release of the other $4,000 that we uh, have down there to purchase more Bibles. So, um, and uh, on a side note of that, we also sent Bibles, as you know, to Sicily. The Bible fund at the moment is depleted. So, if we if we have requests for more Bibles, we will have to uh, do some fundraising. Uh, so think about it, and if God leads you, fine. Uh, at this point, we're okay. Just to let you know that. Then uh, number two, um, that my trip to Cuba has been postponed till May. Uh, I was going to go in March, and um, we ran into a problem, and we knew that we kind of had a problem anyhow because of the uh, the churches really wanted me to have a religious visa to come in and speak because they wanted me to speak in a church. And um, I've been telling them, Let's, let me come in as a tourist, which is what we did last time, and just get a, a building, rent a room or a facility and go from there. And that was, um, uh, that all changed in the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, there are new regulations on tourists when you, if you travel as a tourist, you have to sign a paper that says you will not even visit a church. So it got real fancy, real fast. And uh, so uh, I talked with our contacts at East West Ministries, which is one of the ministries that I work with to get me into Cuba. And um, they have assured me that they can get me a religious visa. It'll take roughly three months. So we're we're targeting uh, the middle of May for me to travel, which means that the Sardinia trip has been postponed now until the fall, because uh, I can't do both uh, in May. And um, so let you know that for those of you that are interested, we're looking at the fall now uh, for that Probably I'm hoping September, but uh, we don't have a, a firm date on that yet. And that brings me to my last conversation to mention to you, and that's about uh, Giuseppe. You know, Giuseppe was uh, supposed to Leave yesterday for uh, Sicily to go back to Sicily. Got to the airport, showed him his passport. And they go, I'm sorry. You you can't travel. You're within six months of this expiring, which is typical. You you can't travel on your It's a ten-year passport when you get a passport, but you can't travel if it's within six months of the end of the of the passport. Uh, so uh he is scrambling trying to get a, a passport he's going down today to the downtown to uh, uh the passport office and i told him yeah, maybe tomorrow you'll get your passport if you rush it through and you pay a little extra but it's at least a 24-hour turnaround they're not going to do it while he's waiting which is what he's hoping for he's hoping to get on a flight today so i doubt that that will happen so anyhow just pray for Giuseppe he's uh um, slightly frustrated <laughs> to put it mildly um, about it. I had, I don't know, I must have had three or four phone calls from him yesterday uh, over the situation. And I go, hey, I told you, it takes, it takes a while. It ain't going to happen fast. But anyhow, we'll see. We'll, he'll, he'll be down there arguing his case and seeing if he can get him to, uh, yeah, I guess the, the place opens up at 8.30. He says, I think I'm going to be there at 8.30. I said, that's fine, but don't expect to get it this today I don't think it's gonna happen so I don't know we'll see anyhow that all being said we're uh, we're back and I want to go through all let's read all of chapter four uh, we'll take uh, uh, Denny's table Dan's table Mike Mike you are now the table host uh, Mike's table uh, Tom's table and our table uh, any as I get ready to pray is there any any requests we need to let's pray for the Bibles being distributed, and God will move in people's hearts and lives with that in Cuba. Um, pray for the Bibles being delivered to uh, to Florence. Uh, they'll be there shortly, and uh, Giuseppe will be involved in in distributing those. Uh, as long as he gets there, yeah. Um, remember the trip in May. My trip in May. Pray for God's blessing on that. Uh, anything else we need to be praying about?
1: Okay, yeah. Um, my uh, business partner's son in law, sister, was one of the earliest victims of the flu in China. Oh, wow. You know, they were with Ford Motor Company. Mm-hmm. And so um, she could use some uh, rare she,
0: usage. Is she uh, doing better or it she almost still? Almost
1: killed her. Yeah. It, it got close to where the internal organs were she had a miraculous recovery wow and um, she's still she's gonna have like a, a long time of being um, able to go through the therapy and stuff like that because it, it's ruined her foot and her hand oh wow yeah so hmm. pretty pretty devastating and she has a bunch of little kids oh wow so it's really tough on the family They're back in the states Chicago and then um, some kind of medical transportation from Chicago to U of M hospital in Ann Arbor.
2: Oh wow.
0: Okay, so this is your partner's son in law's yeah. sister.
1: It's uh um if you remember it's Mary Mer- Barnett, that that's the her son in law and then the his sister.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah that's a uh, unique situation over there isn't it uh, and it's going to affect us uh, our economy I think big time here in the, in the states in the coming days um, Anyhow all right let's anything else we need to pray for? All right let's go to the Lord Father uh, thank you for the release of the Bibles uh, we praise your name for that We realize that your timing and our timing are never seem to be on track but your timing is always best. So we thank you for the release. We pray for uh, the churches that will be receiving these Bibles. May it uh, be a blessing to them and a help to them as they study your word and as they look to grow deeper in in their knowledge of you and of the Bible. We pray for for Rick's partner's son-in-law, sister who is having such a difficult time and having survived uh, this flu in China is now uh, struggling to recover. So we just pray that you'd give the doctors wisdom. We pray that you'd give uh, the family patients as uh, they struggle through this. We pray for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your uh, giving her, uh, keeping her alive. And we now pray that you would help her in the midst of all this. We're not sure of what her, spiritual condition is but we pray that perhaps you would use this to draw her closer to you regardless of where she's at now may she come out of this with a renewed sense of who you are and what you're doing in her life and um, we pray that it would be a way of uh, deepening her uh, her faith and her uh, desire to perhaps even serve you in a a different way pray for uh, Giuseppe pray that you'd help him get his uh, uh, passport and be able to get overseas as quickly as possible. I know it's gotta be frustrating for him right now. So I just pray that you would uh, help him today as he goes through the process, Uh, give him patience, uh, help him to get his uh, visa in in your timing and not ours. And we again pray for uh, us as we study today, open the word to us as we need it. And we will ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go with uh, Denny's table. And right around the room, to each of the tables, we'll start in verse 1 of chapter 4.
2: Step are my brothers. you whom I love and longing for, my joy and crown. That is how you should stand firm in the Lord and the Lord, dear friends, I plead with deodia, and I plead with sentence, to agree with each other in the Lord.
3: Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellows, to uh, help these women who have contended at my side.
1: The God of peace will be with you. I am so happy and I thank the Lord that you have again shown your care for me. You continue to care about me, but there was no way for you to show it.
3: Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know what it is to
2: be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want.
0: I can do everything through Him who gives me strength.
2: It is good as you share in my troubles. World Saints in Christ Jesus, the brethren who are with me, greet you.
4: All the saints,
1: we do, especially those of the emperor's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.
0: Amen. Amen. All right. So we looked at the first few verses of chapter four last week, and we were getting. Uh, we were in, uh, in verses 6 and 7 we talked about the fact that God calls us to have the right kind of praying and we talked about prayer and the fact that uh, uh, Paul, uh, Paul says in verses 6 and 7 that we should pray which is the adoration portion of a prayer we should have supplication or petitions it's the second part of the prayer and we talked about the fact that God uh, is expecting us to do this with earnestness with with intensity, uh, similar to what uh, Christ experienced in the garden when he was praying. Uh, that kind of intensity is what he's referring to here. And then lastly, uh, in verse seven, to do it with a thanksgiving. In, in other words, to appreciate what God has, has done for us. And so often, uh, you know, we come to the Lord. And in fact, I did it today. If you think about the prayer that, we, that I had, it was just a re- simply a, a list of requests with a few praises thrown in. We didn't really talk about adoration of who God is. We we didn't really thank him a whole lot. We did a little bit, but think about the fact that God calls us to thank him, to be thankful in all things. And I, I'm not sure that we did a really good job. Maybe we need to do that a little better job of that uh, at the end of the hour when we pray again. Uh and if and if uh, I remember maybe I'll I'll uh, I'll do that. I don't know. We'll see. How good my mind is by that time But that's what God calls us to do And he talks about having The right kind of prayer And then he gives us in, this, in verse 8 and Which is where we're going to start really today Is this, this uh, he, he wants us to have right kind of thinking And he says uh, In verse 8 he says uh, uh, Finally brother Whatever things is true Whatever is noble Whatever is right Whatever is pure Whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think on about such things you know the interesting thing is peace that god wants to give us happens as a result of of our mind being thinking on the right things and our hearts being rightly tuned to god and so often uh, we lack one or the other and the result of that is there is no peace time you no, got to i going
4: to say if, if we yeah. have bad thoughts You're That's right. Like. You're
0: yeah, right. you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. Now, uh, uh, there was a a, gentleman, a, a, a pastor whose <coughs> name is uh, Walter Cavert. Uh, uh, he is. Uh, he, he supposedly did had, read a survey. And he talked about the fact that eight percent of the things that people worry about were legitimate matters of concern. The other 92% were either imaginary or never happened or involved matters over which the people had no control anyway. Think about that. And, and so when we talk about whatever is true, we need to, to make sure we are understanding it. We need to understand that the Holy Spirit controls our mind through truth. Uh, J- J- Jesus says in, in John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. Um, In in 1 John 5, 6, it says, This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is truth. Now, the problem is, so often, the, the devil tries to control us with lies. But God says, no, 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 you need to be controlled by the truth. So I decided that for this particular, uh, for this particular uh, section, verse eight specifically, I would give a list of all of the various uh, parts of uh, that were mentioned in Scripture, and then uh, just give you uh, an opportunity to see my list, you know, a little handout that I created. So you'll see here. that. Uh, noble simply means worthy of respect or honor, uh, dignified or elevated. Uh, how often do we not dwell on that? We dwell on everything else than what is noble. And then it talks about what is right. And that's really just or justice. Think about the idea of being justified and uh, doing what is right. And uh, if we are doing that, we will find that God will and in the virtues that we have, in fact it's not unusual for, uh, for, for philosophers to have a list of ethical morals, uh, this was common uh, in Greece, and uh, so Paul is not, uh, is perhaps even borrowing some of these from, from the Greeks, uh, but then he says think about what's pure, in other words holy, what's moral, moral purity. Anytime I came up with a, a thought of a verse, I, I threw it in there as well with this. So you have this in the list. And then lovely, what that which calls forth love or is attractive or pleasing or lovable. And then it, the, last, the next one is admirable. That which is praiseworthy or attractive or worth talking about. Is there somebody that you find or something you find that's admirable? Do you think on those things? Do you think on what is excellent, what is morally... Or virt- morally excellent, virtuous, or acquired uh, prestige. And then praiseworthy. Worthy of praising God, anything in, that receives God's approval is praiseworthy. So I think the problem is that so often most of us are really good at thinking about other things, myself included. You know, I, I rarely do I do I sit down and think, now, do I really need to be dwelling on this? Or should I be dwelling on something a whole lot better, and I think that one of the reasons that we get ourselves in trouble, either uh, physically or even uh, mentally, uh, spiritually, is that we are we are not dwelling on the important things. Um, when we talk about whatever possesses virtue or praise, Psalm nineteen. Verses 7 through 9 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. And the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. And the ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. So if we are... If we are building this into our lives, if we are building in all of these virtues that God says, these are the things we should be dwelling on, I think that what happens is that it creates kind of a a built-in radar. You know, we, we start to recognize when there's something that's not true, or not worthy of praise, or is unworthy, or is not pure, or unlovely, or is wrong, is less than excellent, I think it, it 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 starts to. We have a detector that goes off in our hearts and lives. Uh, Psalm one nineteen one sixty five says that great peace have they which love your law. And, and the problem is that we don't take the time to get to know what God's law is. Tom. I
3: was reminded of this a little bit in uh, the message on Sunday, and I was over at Clinton Township. Uh huh. Yeah, they they extend it beyond just the blood and family. But but the key, and I think to, to all this is this right brain, right thinking, right living. You first have to be right with God. Yeah,
0: Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And, and That, that our thought life is what helps to drive our actions, often, mm-hmm. y- you know? Um, thought, uh, I think that what you see here is uh, uh, the very first few that Paul talks about in this list here are all thought-driven. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, or, or uh, whatever is right, uh, those are all things that we have to think about. The primary, the idea is worthy of respect, honor, and noble. He's talking about these are the things that are important that we do. And that when we do those things, God says he will reward us as a result of that. And a part of that reward is the fact that we have the peace uh, of God in our lives. And that, and we know that we have built-in kind of radar detecting. You know, we know when we start to go off track. Uh, and and that, that when we're not spending time in the word, when we're not doing these things correctly... This list that God that Paul gave us that God gave us through Paul, uh, it starts to cause problems in our lives. In fact, if you look at the next verse, look at this next verse. Whatever you have learned and or received, heard uh, and or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Think about that. You can't separate outward action from inward attitude. You can learn something, and that's good. But it's really important that not only do you learn it, but that you receive it inwardly. It's one thing to learn it. It's another thing to put it in your heart. And let that work in you and and develop in your heart the right thing to have. So we need to learn and receive. We need to hear. It's one thing to hear it. You know, it's like the old adage, those that can't do teach. You know, (laughs) you've heard that, you know? And and there is... Unfortunately, it's a a bit true. And the problem is when you hear something on the pulpit, do you also see it in practice in that person's life? If you see a teacher that's teaching you one way and living a totally another way, you you tend to not think very highly of their teaching or don't think very highly of them. You start to question what they have to say. Why? Because we don't see the results. It's one thing to think. It's a whole other thing to do it. Satan believes in Jesus, it's not in Satan's heart, though. You, exactly, yeah. In fact, uh, James talks about the fact that, you, so you believe in God? And, you know, Val's uh, message-like translation says, big, fat, hairy deal. <laughs> so what? So you believe, so what? The demons believe and tremble. It doesn't mean that the demons are believers. It doesn't mean that demons will, will spend eternity with God. You know, believing is is one thing, but receiving is totally different. It's the same thing about hearing and seeing put into practice. And then it says, uh, uh, one of the w- one translation that has a really interesting uh, out of Colossians three fifteen, it says, let the peace of Christ that can uh, that can keep on acting as umpire in your hearts. Let that peace be your umpire. Think about that. Yeah, that's a good that's a great translation, I think. Let it be. Let it call the shots. Let it say, "Hey, whoa, wait a second. That was not a strike. That was, you know, it was a ball. You didn't, you didn't do the job. Or you know what? You hit that ball, but it was a foul ball. You, you let the umpire let let the peace of God be our umpire. Let it keep acting as umpire in our hearts. So." Whenever we disobey, we lose that peace. Have you ever noticed that? Barely haven't. OK. That's fine. I find that it's true for me. When I start to disobey, I start to lose peace. I start to worry about things, you know? Uh, it's kind of strange. It, if we look at from a th- these last couple of verses here in, through verse 9. It, The Lord is near, the Lord is sovereign and merciful, the world belongs to the Lord, and those who live in the world can only be fully obedient to God by following his revelation of himself in the Gospels. And probably the problem is that a lot of us don't believe the Lord is near, don't believe the Lord is sovereign, don't believe he's merciful, don't believe that the world belongs to the Lord. Don't believe that those who live in the world can only be fully obedient to to God by following his revelation of himself in the scripture. All right. Have we beat ourselves up enough about that? Let's talk about the fact that Paul calls the Philippians to rejoice in the Lord at all times and to let their gentleness be evident to all in these first uh, eight or nine verses. I think that I look at that through the eyes of the first century and persecution, and I look at it in a modern context, and I wonder sometimes. It says, even when persecution is not present in the modern context, this one writer says this, these admonitions provide a guide to the attitude and the conduct that the gospel requires of believers. We should rejoice both in good and bad times, and should have the reputation for gentleness rather than vengeful retaliation. Do you know how often you know you, something happens and you want to just get back at the person. You get angry, right? You know. God, we just. Oh yeah, I want to. I want to I, I be John and James. I want to be the sons of thunder. I want to call down lightning <laughs> strikes on people. You know. As, the other day I was over at the mall and. Uh, my wife and I were, were going to pick something up. I don't remember what we were going there for. And um, so we had parked and uh, we took the, uh, we took our edge, which is a white edge. And there are lots and lots of white edges, right? So I had parked a, a very appropriately. I'd, I'd worked. In fact, I'd backed up and parked you know, pulled it in a couple of times. So I was nice and straight in the spot. So, uh, we're walking back from the store and I see uh, the, the the line that we're in. I see a car and I see on the back of the of the windshield wiper uh, a little piece of paper. And it's flapping in the breeze. And I go, what in the world is that? And I get up there and I think it's my car. And I read it and somebody has written a really, really nasty note about, you know, the fact you need to learn how to park. And I'm going, oh, man, my first reaction was, where is this guy? I want to stab his tires, you know. <laughs> From the sidewalls not from the you know i don't want to be able to repair it i want them to have to pay for this and i'm looking at the car and i'm going good night i did a horrible job then i realized it wasn't my car <laughs> in my car it was three three doors down there was there were three three white edges in, in that line mine was the furthest one down and it was pristinely parked <laughs> and i'm going i can't figure out what was going on <laughs> So there there comes a time when we get we, we want to not be gentle about things. We start to, to be vengeful and, and want to retaliate. And guys says, No 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 be venge- don't be that way. Be gentle. Um I don't know where it is in my notes, but um yeah,
2: in a, the, all the different versions have a different kind of a different meaning. Like NIV says let your gentleness be have to all. Yep.
0: A different perspective? So let's think about that. If we're gentleness and moderation, moderation means that we don't overreact. So that's kind of a gentle answer, turns away wrath, right?
2: I, I think of it like moderation of.
0: Not overindulging?
2: Yeah, it, it, in all your activities. And, and okay. Whether, whether it's uh, drinking or eating or, or whatever But it could, be, but it yeah. could be thinking like and that thoughtful. would be gentle. Yeah, and, and I
0: think the, the thing that the, the one potential pitfall we have when we start looking at King James is we have to understand what it meant back when it was written, not what we think it means today. It'd be like reading the first, cha- uh, 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 first Corinthians 13 and we talk about all the things that charity is. Well, we think of charity as giving money to something or giving time to something. That's not what that word charity means. It means love. And so most modern translations use the word love. They don't use the word charity. So I would guess that I would want to look at, what was the ESV's concept? ESV
2: reasonable, reasonableness.
0: reasonableness. NASV, the
2: gentle spirit, mm-hmm. uh, NLT says seated. What's the message?
0: good it's good comment good comment i think the thing is that we have to realize is that so often we respond inappropriately versus responding appropriately and if if i could find it my notes which i'm not going to find very quickly uh we'll get there as i keep paging through uh there is a spot where it talks about during the second and third centuries uh the christian church was known for its gentleness and its willingness to take in people that were uh, on the lower bottom of the socioeconomic scale and accept them. They were gentle in allowing these people in is, is the way that the one writer says that. And I think that one of the problems that we run into is that we don't, we're not known for that. We're known, I think that often Christians are known, when we go to the, the, the voting place, we have a scowl on our face, we're angry and we want to click our button and we want everyone to know that we're that you know we march in with a, with a, a a solemn face. We march out with a solemn face. We're not real happy about having to do this, but you better believe we're going to do it cuz it's our Christian duty. And I'm not sure that that's really what God wants. I think God wants us to be joyful and to be gentle in how we do it. And yes, we we need to make decisions that are appropriate as we understand scripture. But we need to allow grace for those that, that might disagree with us. You know, now I've got to admit that sometimes I just scratch my head on a few people and I go, I can't, I don't, I have no idea where they're coming from. Uh, but that's probably true on both sides of the fence. So, um, anyhow, what I think is, you know, we we need to realize that Paul's talking about the fact that we have uh, a problem with this church, with, with our with our society today. Not this church, excuse me this society today, is that we are stuck in, in moral relativity. Uh, I think the, the church would do incredibly well to go back to saying there's a theological principle, and that's this. We stand for what is truth. And there is one truth, and there aren't many shades of truth. There's one truth. Now, when people disagree on an issue, on an issue, not on truth, but on an issue, Dr. Bob Sr. used to say that the truth lies somewhere in the middle when two good men disagree. Whether it's doctrinal issues or political issues or whatever the case may be, the truth usually lies somewhere in the middle. Uh, And you notice that we have to be careful about that. The Christian standards of morality and beauty are, are not simply Expressions of subjective feelings, but truths generously and graciously revealed from God to the welfare of His people and to all creation. People other than Christians uh, frequently recognize the the validity of this, and when they do, Christians should support them. When they when they uh, when they say that something's true, when they when they understand and they uh, and they agree with scriptural principles, we ought to support them. Now, on the other side of that is there are times when the unbelieving world comes up with ideas that are true that might not be in scripture. You know, you don't find, let me put it this way, some of the discoveries that have been made by science, we might not find, the Bible is not a science, a science textbook, the, but the Bible does teach us that there are truths that, that are true outside of scripture, just that they will not disagree with what scripture says. Okay, so when it comes to reading something, some people say, oh, I can only read Christian books. I can only read some of this from a Christian author. Really? There's no beauty in, in, or, or no thoughtfulness in any other person? When I look at art, it only has to be done from a Christian perspective. Can I not see beauty in a landscape that uh, a landscape artist does that isn't a Christian? Can I not read a book that is philosophically correct uh, that i happen to agree with or that even if it challenges my principles because i want to know what the other side says okay i'll i'll get off this i'm, I'm sure you all are tired of hearing my my bandwagon
4: well, you know, we, yeah Mm-hmm. Just as you, can take, uh, um,
0: you know you want to go, go ahead, go ahead and throw the grenade, you know you've already pulled the pin, go ahead, go ahead. Everyone duck and cover.
4: It's, yeah. well, the remedies is all wrong and how you're fixing it. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. And you're going to charge that person? Where's the Christianity with that? I,
0: I grew up in Where's a church. Where's the
4: man and that man in there and start stoning him to death? <laughs> I, I mean, it, and I'm not saying I'm perfect because I sure, you know, I'm a product prodigal son basically when I look in my past. You know, but.
0: Don't worry, we've got plenty of stones for you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but
4: the, the point... Are times what, why that, can are wrong? And that's where intellect and understanding has to come in, you know, regardless uh, of the right, left, and in the middle or whatever.
0: We were... Um, one, a, a couple of the churches that I grew up in um, were dead set against abortion, but they were also dead set against... Uh, babies that were born outside of wedlock well you know if you save a, a child from abortion and it's born outside of wedlock <laughs> uh, you know you you you, you, you got to do something you know and the, and the, so much so often in, in in my younger days in in my early you know teen years and early college college years I can remember our churches would brand somebody who had done something wrong and they would wear that that scarlet a forever forever and it's only because their sin was known to everybody you know versus those of us that had sins that were private uh, that no one knew about it and we didn't have to wear the scarlet a and i think that the the problem today is we you know if we're going to it's one thing to, as an example, on the issue of abortion, it's one thing to to go out there and say we don't want abortions and we want we want the children to be born. It's a whole other thing that after they're born, what do we do? How do we help the folks? Right. How do we take care of these children? You know, how do we create a support system for the for the the, the families that that weren't planning on them? You know, and, and how do we help the, the the mothers and the mothers and the fathers in in in, in certain cases? We we need to be more concerned about taking care of these folks than just simply you know oh we we saved a child yeah well you saved them to what you know are they going to be second class citizens if they come to church maybe they won't even bother coming to church as a result of that you know that was true in 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 uh, in some of our circles when I was younger growing up I you know we look at people that that did something wrong and they were just suddenly they were and we rarely wanted them back in our church. You know, we'd forgive them, but as long as they went someplace else, so we wouldn't be embarrassed. You know? Yeah. We have the righteous church. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, or, or we would have pastors calling other churches saying, "You ought to take this this fam- this this family in. Yeah. They they would really be good for you."
4: Unless they got money, then what else? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Well. we'll, take them back. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, just uh, write a big enough check, and we'll we'll take care of it for you.
2: I don't i I guess doesn't resonate not been my experience.
0: With it. Well, then praise the, the Lord.
2: The that I mean,
0: praise the Lord. That's great. Yeah. And there yeah. are good churches out there. I'm not saying there aren't.
2: Yeah, I saw a major. large and to be by more people than you. Then we, you stay away from it. We mm-hmm. You know, we look, I, 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 I was looking at um, relegating somebody to like a second class or, or
0: yes, not even yes. You know there are 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 issues uh, here in the West. We we see this the the the, uh, issue between these two women, and we're not told what it is. So we can read a lot of into it, and and from a contemporary standpoint, we can look at this and say it could be abortion. uh, It could be it it could be race relations. the, the deepest in, in the West here, I think the deepest division we have is, is racial relations. Uh, it's still a, a, a difficult thing. I think, I think most of us who are white would think that, well, we were making really good progress, you know, we can't understand. I think if we talked to James and, and to, to others that, that are, are black, they would have a whole different perspective on how well relationships are going probably so and and, and I, I think that the the frustration is that we need to be willing to see at least look at the other side and to learn from it I I've, I've been I've been amazed in the last 10 15 years I, at how some of probably 15 or 20 years I saw so, how some of my my attitudes have changed because I started look trying to look at it from other perspectives, and and especially when I started going overseas, and reading about other cultures and realizing that other cultures, and I think there are other cultures within within America. We're not as much of a melting pot as we'd love love to think we are. Uh, there are lots of little pockets, you know. I mean, you know, my my mother's family were Polish and boy, they stayed together in a Polish neighborhood for a long time, you know, and 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 the, the old timers all spoke Polish, you know, the younger generation stopped eventually. And, uh, you know, by the time I came along, I was the next generation after that, uh, two generations away. I don't know any, I know very few Polish words and, you know, uh, but I think that the issue is that if we start to stay within our conclaves and are not willing to, to reach out to people that are different, God, um, there's a book that, well, Jesus is fully man and fully God. So he is 100% man, 100% God. He is actually a 200% person. Now, when it comes to us going into cultures that are different than us, even within our own society, we have to realize that we need to understand that their perspective and ours is different. I'm a a time-driven guy. When I go overseas, I have to remember that my watch doesn't work, you know? Because when I'm in India, India doesn't do that. When I'm in Sicily, not so much either. When I'm in, in, in Cuba, not so much either. You know, the, the, their their timing is just—they just don't have the same sense of time that I do. And you know, it could be a, a lot of reasons. Regardless, that's the culture. So it isn't necessarily wrong. It's just that, it, you know, we would tell when we were in India. Remember, I don't know if you, you. I know you, Tom. It was in India for a while, and, and a, a number of trips, and I was too. Mm-hmm. And I can remember. Being told, well, you know, you need to be down, uh, ready to go. We're gonna go visit some churches in the, in the villages, and you need to be down here at say two o'clock. Well, I'm down there before two o'clock. I'm waiting around. I'm waiting around. I'm waiting around. It's a half hour, and we're still waiting. We're still trying to decide. We're, we're gonna. Do we have enough gas to even get there? I mean, you know. I'm, I'm ready to go nuts. And then I go, wait a second, you know, this is their time. And they're doing it the way that, that they're accustomed to. It isn't going to help me any. It's only going to give me ulcers if I start thinking about this. I have to realize. And that's true in a lot of, there are cultures when you're an, out. It often in Latin America, when you start, I, in fact, I talked to folks in uh, some of the Westerners. And we remember we were, when Rick and I were in Cuba, I was talking to Tommy and and to some of the other guys that were there that were from East West Ministries, and we were talking about um, Latin American uh, like weddings. You know, so you say the wedding is at one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon is when they get there to start decorating. <laughs> seriously, seriously, honest. That, that's what time they get there. It, it will be an all day affair, and and it will start at one o'clock with the decorations. So if you get there at one o'clock to just plan on helping decorate. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> seeing anything else going on.
4: Yeah. yeah. I've been on islands, I used to work in the South Pacific, and they would say we're getting together, let's say at noon, and, and it, you know, it won't start until like two or three hours after. Yeah, and yeah. And that's normal?
0: And that's normal, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just that that's kinda, so I mean, when it comes to our understanding other people we have to understand that, that their culture and our culture it doesn't mean that they're right or they're wrong and we're right nor does it mean the other it just means that it's the way that they've done things and the way they're doing things and we need to appreciate that and and when we talk about cultural differences one of the books that i used to teach in uh, at grace uh, we talked about a hundred hundred and fifty percent person who is 100% our culture, but 50% of another culture to blend it in. It's like uh, Giuseppe, when he's, in, when he's here in the States, he is Sicilian as can be, I swear. I look at him and go, dude, you do not fit here at all. When he gets over in Sicily, I think he fits. The Sicilians don't think he fit, fits at all. They think he's American. He's way too American for them at times. Why is that? Well, he's become a blend. And I think that you know he, he fits kind of well in, a little bit in each group, and I think that's the, the call that God wants us to do, is to figure out how we can appreciate others that are different than us.
3: I think in many instances we look at life differently in the other the cultures that you mentioned. Those, those folks live in the moment, yeah, and we're living in the next moment. We're <laughs> to, we're I to like that. To the next moment, and yeah. That's a
0: that's an interesting perspective. I like that. I like I think,
4: that. I think really uh, the
2: states are we're the odd ones if you look at the whole world. Most most of the world is not is not that picky about time. <laughs> yeah. I, well, maybe, there, there's a whole there's
0: a whole somewhere I have I, I have a handout that I created that I actually stole from somebody or or else, and it shows the different perspectives on a variety of things in our culture and. Germans are even worse than we are when it comes to time. They are just, you know. (laughs) And and one of the things we found is that people that are are from cold cultures are much more time-driven than those that are from warm climate cultures. And uh, the other thing that would be true is those that are more industrialized are much more time-sensitive than those that are are more agricultural-driven. Uh, in their society, the difference would be here in the north and in the south. Is a much more laid-back feel in the south, uh, as far as time is considered, and a lot of that is, is that it's again agriculturally driven. Uh, the farmers here in 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 Michigan are much more less time less time-driven than you know. Until it comes time for harvest, then they got to get it get it in get it in. So I think that the issue we have here is that we need to we need to do a lot better job of being a moral compass for our society and less the lightning rod for our society. Mm-hmm. And too often we're the lightning rods. Okay. Uh, it's
4: the ugly sure. That's right, yeah. That's what I was about. Yeah. Put our views, our, our in some of
0: the- well, you know, the West did this when it came to missions. For years we did this we would from the 17th 1800s even into the 1900s it was the common thing for you to go and you would try to reach the the native people the people that lived wherever they were and make them western Mm -hmm. and so that when they came became christians they would sing things like you know the old rugged cross and uh, just as i am and even though it didn't fit with their culture or anything that they were used to. In fact, I, used to, I told you this story. I don't know, you probably get tired of hearing this. A buddy of mine who has a, a, been a missionary for years uh, used to take uh, trips to, uh, Hong Kong, um, and take to Hong Kong and take groups with him to Hong Kong and he would comment to me that there was one church in Hong Kong he loved to go to because he knew that when he went there, they would sing the old rugged cross. Now this is a bunch of Chinese people that are singing the old rugged cross, which doesn't fit their their mode of music, their style of music. It doesn't fit anything about them. But they had been westernized <laughs> to sing the old rugged cross, and that's what he loved to go there to hear the old rugged cross. Yeah.
1: So, what about the culture of biblical tanks Were they time sensitive, or just sunrise? And-
0: I think they're probably not as time-sensitive as we are, yeah. I think that most, again, most agricultural and warm climate cultures uh, are much less time-sensitive than we are. And, and remember, there's two different kinds of time going on here, too. We've got chronos, which is the is like by the watch, okay? We set our watch by it. And, and in fact, chronographers, you know, and, and you have those watches there. So then you have what they call uh kairos time which is more of a seasonal time it's when and when you see when in galatians it says, when the right time came god sent his son born of a virgin remember that passage okay that's kairos it's at the right time it isn't so much that it's the time the the clock ticked and it struck 12 and it was time to happen no it's when everything was in the right every all the setting was correct now is the time to do it. And it had nothing to do with the actual time on the clock. It had to do with the sense of this is the season for this. And God's, I think, is much more interested in the season than he is in the chronos. Um, yeah.
1: So right. like, like when Jesus would speak to the, many, to the multitude, did he have?
0: Yeah, I have no idea, you know. But I yeah. think they just—I think he probably just started speaking, and it would be like, you know, have you ever done this in a, in a room, in a large room, where you start praying, you know, because you're getting ready to start something. You start, and, and there's, there's all kinds of conversations. And eventually, all the conversations end because they recognize that you're praying. I think, in some cases, the speakers would do the same thing. They just start speaking, and eventually, it would just kind of spread through the the crowd, and they would just start to listen. That's my guess. Now, some of those areas uh, and even some of the uh, amphitheaters that uh, the Greeks had built and the Romans built were such that you could stand in the bottom and you didn't have to shout to be heard up in the top mm-hmm. and some of the, uh, I think that when Jesus taught the uh, the 5,000 uh, on the hillside, uh, one of the places they showed us where they think that was where it took place in, in Israel, it's kind of a, a a natural bowl effect and I think you could sit you could be out there on the lake, and again, remember when you're on a lake, your voice carries. You know, and so there were times when he, the crowd was so pressed in on him. You know, he would gotten the boat and pushed out a little way from. I think it was natural amplification; that just happened. You know, it wasn't like all of a sudden Jesus, you know, uh, did something to his voice and suddenly, yeah. you know, it, it was a loudspeaker. Uh, I think. It, <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't speaking, those were yeah, screams. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well,
0: for what it's worth, my wife used to say that, that she, could, she could hear me in a, voice, in, a, in a choir of 200 voices, she could, hear, she could pick on my voice, so I don't know if that was good or bad.
4: In relation to time, they didn't have sundial watches,
0: it was kind of hard, you know, those, those grandfather sundials were really big, big to carry around, yeah. All right, well, we've kind of, we've kind of beat up uh, this section. I'm just gonna, I don't know if I've got a closing comment or not to make. I just wanna say that our, our thinking and our actions are closely bonded together. Remember that uh, indulging evil thoughts and tolerating sloppy thinking can have some pretty terrible consequences. And instead of loving my enemy, I indulge in the temptation to resent him. And their resentment turns to anger and anger to hatred. And the link between hatred and murder, we know that Jesus kind of connected those two together. Remember in Matthew 5, it says, you have heard it said to people long ago, do not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother is subject to judgment. Again. Anyone who says to my brother Raqqa is answerable to the Sanhedrin, but anyone who says you fool will be in danger of uh, the fire of hell. Um, there was a, 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 a Bible scholar, uh, a German Bible scholar in, in 1933, uh, he, read, he wrote this, and I think that this is the problem that we have is when we start to have sloppy thinking and we start to resent people, and we start to get angry with people. This is a Bible scholar who, in all ways, was a really good scholar in the Bible. Here's what he said in a public lecture in 1933. The Jewish question is absolutely not a question of individual Jews, but a question of Jewry and the Jewish Volk, and therefore... Whoever wants to get rid, uh, get to the root of the question may not first ask what shall become of the individual Jew, but what shall become of Jewry? In other words, let's kill them all. And that's a Bible scholar. We have to be careful that we have proper thinking and we don't have fuzzy thinking and that we stand on truth and truth alone. So we don't get into these kinds of issues where this is, I mean, this guy was, and yet he was considered one of the, the foremost Bible scholars in, 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 uh, in Germany. And I probably, we will probably, can you imagine, can you imagine meeting him in heaven? Just saying, all right. Let's have a word of prayer and let you guys go. Father, thanks again for the opportunity to study your word. Help us, Father, to realize that right thinking will promote right actions. And that wrong thinking always promotes wrong actions eventually. So we pray that you would help us to think rightly and to think properly and to uh, dwell on these uh, various um, ethical concepts that we've found in in, um, in uh, Philippians 4.8. Help us to dwell on things that are true and things that are pure and things that are right and things that are just and that uh, things that are... are um, Excellent and that we would give praise where praises due, and most of all that we would remember that we Thank you for who you are. We thank you for the fact that you have given us another opportunity to study your word We thank you for the opportunity. We have to just gather together in freedom without uh, fear of reprisal We thank you again for giving us this opportunity We pray you help us not to make light of it that we will use it to benefit Uh, and advance your kingdom in this place and around the world. For we ask this in your Son's name. Amen.